that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and you're very welcome to the latest edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's me, Dean Ryan, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk. Dermot Nolan is here. It's good to have you back, Dean. Uh, Yeah, pleasure to be back. Thanks for uh, covering for me last week while I was away getting turfed out of Old Trafford. Um, (laughs) Paddy Aspel is also back. So the three musketeers are here. Paddy, how are you? How are we doing, lads? All good. Ready to uh, go on. I thought Dermot did a fine job of steering the ship last week. <laughs> he did indeed. Yeah, no, uh, no major disasters. Always, no major always disasters a positive. God, yeah, uh, yeah uh, he's happily uh, exceeded the chair though this week. <laughs> yeah, he's gone back over to the analysis side, uh, which makes a lot of sense. Which is all good. All right, so let's kick on as we always do in traditional style on the Race Hour podcast. Let's have a look at last week's uh, action first. Uh, we may as well kick off with uh, the Tingle Creek winner, Defi Desoy, uh, managed to get the better of Underso and a remarkable uh, return perhaps to uh, some kind of form from waiting patiently. Uh, Jefferson, uh, Malcolm that is, RIP, always said that perhaps two mile was the best trip. I'm not completely convinced he was right, but geez, put in a big performance. But Defi was the winner, Dermot. Yeah, absolutely huge performance. Um, he's a very intriguing horse as to what is his best trip. I still think he needs to step up, but... Patiently sorry, or not need. Need isn't the right term. He doesn't need to step up and trip. But Are we talking about patiently or deffy? Deffy first. Deffy, okay. uh, yeah, like he's a very intriguing horse and just everything that this horse has done since he's gone chasing, really, he's just been outstanding. Like, you know, that JLT form couldn't be stronger. He then bumped into Chak and Persuade, but I'm not sure that argument is over yet because, you know, he was coming off the back of that huge... Cheltenham run that that was only proven to be even bigger than it was afterwards by what Lost in Translation did afterwards mm. and then you're looking at that race and under so I know he's 11 going on 12 but he's, he's just such a warrior that you know he did have to put away a very good rival on the day um, under so ran an absolutely huge race as he always does he's just the term legend is thrown around way too often but he really is one of them um, for just his longevity and his actual ability of staying at the top level you see so many horses that are, are good for a year or two and then they just vanish off this horse is doing this now for five or six years it's the reason why the punters absolutely love him he always puts his race in but waiting patiently I love this horse since the word go um, somewhat written off because of the fact that he was hammered by surname but retrospectively that form is obviously very strong uh, ran on ground that was too good for him at Aintree last year and a return to two miles here which Malcolm Jefferson that video has been doing around back in 2017 and he's only he's only going to go from strength to strength there is plenty of weak enough races over two miles this season as well that he could pick one of them up um, I don't think he's finished yet over a longer trip either but just how well he travels into it. If he managed to get himself a small bit closer than, than what he was jumping the last, he could well surprise a few on, on soft going. Um, I think it was a quality race, but I'm just interested to see what they do with Defi Desai now because I'm just not sure. 
For me, um, like obviously I've watched that race and I actually thought it might be the race to take him on in and it nearly was. I mean, he just got it done, but he kind of idles towards the end. He's a bit better than those two and you would imagine that he would just confirm that again at two miles. But there is, you know, Chaco and Poursois waiting in the wings. There's a couple of others in Ireland that could step up into a champion chase pitcher and make it a tougher contest. And I think he needs, I think if he goes for the Ryanair, he'd probably go dotting away with it. I'd imagine waiting patiently would end up there as well if they ever fancy going back to, to Cheltenham because that trip would suit. Um, Paddy, I mean, you watched the Tingle Creek. Was it a champion chase winning performance? It was a good Tingle Creek. It really was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good spectacle. Um, I yeah. think if, if I suppose if you watch the race, um, I mean, Harry de Bromhead's horse, he lost his head a little bit down at the start because it was a false start. And I mean, he, he's all revs or new, isn't he? So mm. once it did eventually get going, he's gone very hard. It was a well, well-run race. So they were well spread out. I think Politolog has underperformed. But we've got to take in the first three home. I think even if you stop the race, even sort of 150, 200 yards from the line, you would never have the first three actually as close together crossing the line as what they actually were. Yeah, I think... Deffy on top of the line, he's really just had a good old look up into the stands and he, he's almost pulled himself up a little bit because, I mean, for Undersoul to run into a neck and wait and patient, I know wait and patient has come home nicely, um, but, you know, for him to get then within three quarters of the length of Undersoul, it was merely down to, to Deffy really just sort of um, being born idle up, up the last 50 yards with Barry, that's all it was. But still, massive run by the horse in the north. I mean, that was his first run. Uh, I was looking there, his first run at the minimum since... 2016. Yeah. So, you know, absolutely massive run to be. Yeah, Newcastle uh, on the same day at Newcastle 2016. So, absolutely massive run. Let's say connections were absolutely chuffed to bits for him. Um, we just need the wheels to stay on him because he's a very, very good horse. But look, I think at this stage, he's eight year old. They've looked after him. You know, people have always sort of pointed pointed at Ruth Jefferson saying they've always tried to avoid Cheltenham and, and you know, sort of steer, steer clear of the big guns. But I think. Time is out for for time has run out for all that sort of carry on now. They've they've really got to put this horse in at the deep end and see where we're at. And I don't think he'll disappoint them. Yeah, I mean, if if he's in form and fit and healthy, they just have to keep running, waiting patiently. Now, Demo, uh, where would you go next? I don't know. There is that uh, two mile chase at Kempton at Christmas. Would you try and stay at two? I give him another shot at it now. Yeah, um, I think they kind of <laughs> they kind of rode him out the back of it all. Really, um, it was more of a expedition to find out more about him on the day. But definitely after that, he um, he's proven that that he's adept over the trip. So I'd give him another another two or three goes at it. Really, to be honest, and step him up afterwards because he's been found out over two and a half already. Really by by surname, so he's not going to be top level there. Really, so apart from that. There is there's plenty of options over two from. Could just go and avoid surname wherever that turns up and, and try and pick up some races. As you say, you know, northern based, maybe they just go pick up some races and, and end up going for a festival race because they'll have to, surely. Eight years old, as Paddy quite rightly pointed out. There was a um, a shock winner to the Henry VIII Novices Chase, the grade one. Uh, the other great one on that card with Esprit de Large, who came home 14 to 1, beating Nuba Negra. Uh, race kind of fell apart with uh, Torpedo not kind of backing up previous promise uh, for me I'm not convinced as a superstar in that race and if I was housed in uh, Ireland in one of those stables with a horse of uh, similar ability or at least seen on this side of the water as we sit obviously in Dublin um, I wouldn't be too concerned about those runners Dermo what did you think? Yeah uh, like 
I'm not sure where to sit with him. I think that was actually a really good performance. Mm. Um, Adam Wedge is a jockey that Paddy Aspel has um, has spoken up a few times about, and he was brilliant again. He was also brilliant on um, on Paddy's nap for the week later on in the card that won as well at uh, at thirteen to two. So. Paddy, don't ever say now that they don't give you a Mac, good shout Mac, out. Mac the man Mac, is the one we're talking about, right? Mac the man, yeah. And he was superb on both of them. Um, he's now rated 155, which is two pounds above anything that ran in last year's article. So he has to be taken seriously. His his price is quite big at 14 to 1 or so for the article, considering what he's just done. Yeah. Uh, I just think, though, that, that the Irish novices, uh, Mellon and uh, Fakir and maybe something like Lorena, if she was to drop back, I just think they're well clear of this lot. But... Evan Williams and uh, Adam Wedge they have a, a very decent horse to go to war with here who we don't know how good he is Nube Negra jumped brilliantly um, in third Grand Sansi on chase debut in the grade one ran an absolutely huge race mm. as well he's very interesting going forward but a spirit to large it's um, I'm very much going to sit in the fence with him I don't know how good he is but that was a quite taking performance Paddy what did you make of um, of that performance and of course a really good day for Evan Williams and Adam Wedge yeah, it was a real good day. Um, I mean, Esprit de Lard, they dropped him back to the minimum on his debut over fences. And to be honest, I think without that, I think he'd be three, three over fences because it was the first time he'd been back at two mile uh, for a bit. It was his first run of the season and he hit a real flat spot in the dip at Carlisle, but he absolutely flew home. And I mean, like I've mentioned, although the horse of Brian Ellison's, he did bounce the next day at Newcastle. Uh, a horse called the King of May. I think he's a proper horse. It, once Brian Ellison freshes him up, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Mm. But he, in the end, he ran him to a half a length and then he won very cosy at Exeter. Um, and the other day, he was exceptional. One thing about him is he's only five. He's very good on his feet. Now, I really rate the second horse. I think he's a much better chaser than what he, what he has been a hurdler, even though he's, he's not been that bad in uh, Nuba Negra because he's a strong traveler, um, you know, he, he he looks a dream to ride for Harry Skelton because he's very good on his feet as well, and he's managed to beat him off levels by a length and three quarters. It was thirty lengths back to Grand Sansea. Um, I thought from the front to absolutely massive performance. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't be getting absolutely carried away just yet, but nonetheless, um, quite quite progressive couple of horses there. Yeah. Yeah, and you've just got to go and win what's in front of you. And they've taken advantage in a grade one. So hats off uh, to Evan Williams and Connections there. Uh, superb stuff from them. And of course, they picked up that listed race with Paddy Snap with uh, Mac, the man that followed straight after. Now, there was a bit of a farce on the card at the 335, that London National Handicap Chase. Um, seven jockeys have been banned. Paddy, I think it's only right that we come to you. Uh, this void race scenario and waving a yellow flag or not waving it, kind of pointing it, and uh, and then all the jockeys get hammered for it seems pretty harsh from my side. Yeah, it was it was a funny one really, wasn't it? Because I just think really because of the layout of Sandown and where they where the the stricken horse was laid in the end, you know, obviously the guy with the flag was stood down in front of the pond fence and you know there was just a lot of confusion. But I mean to be honest, I would have to admit even even going into the other day, although the, the, the procedures have been in place for a while, if you said to me, Paddy, which colour flag uh, means uh, you pull up the race is over, I couldn't actually answer you. Yeah. Like, but really, 
why is it yellow flag? I mean, it's just so random. Um, you know, the thing is, like they do, I think they, they do it in France or somewhere where, like, they've got these massive, like, uh, horns uh, like, or hooters, like what they use in, 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 in other sports, yeah. like, rather than a whistle. Because, you know, a whistle, you would just think, oh, it's it's, it's danger and a yellow flag. You're not automatically going to think, right, um, we've got to stop here. You know, for me, I think you go to a traffic light, um, I know Dermo is a law-abiding citizen. He would stop on yellow, but... If a traffic light is red, you'd stop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas yeah. I think they should do, do the same with, with, the, with, with the races. But I would use something a bit stronger than a whistle. Um, but I think what it all boils down to the other day was because the lads were, were ducking in and out, you know, they were quite tight getting in around fences, going to the pond fence there. There was a lot of confusion. You know, you're, you're getting to the end of a four-mile race. Lads aren't exactly full of oxygen and, and thinking at their sharpest, uh, either horse or jockey. So it was it was a bit of a mess, and unfortunately for connections of all the horses. I mean, after all that effort, yeah. you know, four miles, such a good spectacle of a race that that it ended up how it did. So um, I think there was, there was there was egg on certain faces, I would say, but uh, I, I do think that they, they do need to make changes, and I think they will. I think they'll get it back on appeal. I think it was pulled out on uh, Twitter, um, some of the rules there, Dermo, saying that the yellow flag had to be waved. And now this flag was not waved. It was almost served as a pointing instrument. Now, all right, it's a yellow flag, so maybe that's enough to, to put all the jockeys on the hook for it. But it has to be waved, and it was just pointed as if you're pointing someone around a fence. So I think if they go for appeal, and I'm sure a few of them will at least, is um, I think they might get away with this one, which... To me, it would be fair. Paddy makes a lot of sense. What's wrong with a horn or a noise that makes it very obvious? And what's wrong with, I don't know, some other way of announcing that this race is over, chaps? They knew, obviously, because uh, poor old Hublon is oboe, which is absolutely heartbreaking, an old warrior like him to, to pass away. But they obviously knew when he went down that this decision had to be made because there was no way of getting around the fence. So why did they let them finish that circuit before yeah. they they yeah. did anything? And it's... Like you're getting into a point of a race where you're you're actively trying to get yourself into a good position. You've got I feel really sorry for young Philip O'Donovan who that would have been his first real big one. He went mm-hmm. over the line fist pumping the air, and that's completely taken away from him. But then to turn around and ban the seven jockeys, um, Keith Dunn who said it in his his bookmakers piece this week that. If a jockey makes a mistake, he gets an absolute slamming for it yeah. and will get a ban. And that's fair enough. But stewards are consistently making mistakes and nothing is ever done. Mm-hmm. So it's like in racing, it just seems to be the only fall guys ever in any situation are, are jockeys. A horse isn't off. The owner doesn't want it to be winning on the day. Who gets the ban? The jockey does. Sure, like the jockey didn't wake up in the morning and decide, you know what, uh, I'm going to pull this horse. The last day, there was a complete breakdown in communication from all sides at Sandown. And the only set of um, of people there that actually took any bit of um, of a consequence for it was the jockeys again. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's a joke of a sport at times. And it like this, this sort of stuff just really needs to sort itself out. There's no reason all those advertising boards as well couldn't have a setting that they go red saying stop. Mm-hmm. that the big screen has just stop up on it because jockeys do use the big screen when they pass it. Yeah, yeah. So there's loads of different things that could have been there. But it, in just typical fashion, it was just some thrown together process, a man pointing people around the fence, one man, yeah. and the jockeys are meant to know mid-race, all right, sorry, 
I better stop. We are stuck in a previous century with so many of racing's rules that you just wonder how they're going to ever revolutionize if they don't take into account, you know, where to get things wrong. Now, maybe they will. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, the, the horse is bolted now, isn't it? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well said as well about Hublon de Zobo, an absolute superstar who is uh, sadly no longer with us. And that is jumps racing. Now, before I do move on to um, a bit of Punchestown and Cork and, of course, Top Notch's uh, second Peterborough chase win over at Huntingdon, there was a bit of Aintree on Native River, came back, uh, won the Many Clouds chase. And um, I was a bit disappointed from Mike Biting there, but Black Corton uh, shuffled his way into second behind Native River, but a bit of a schooling session. And Walk on the Mill um, won the beach again. So uh, decent racing Aintree as well, Dermot. There was, there was most certainly. Um, I saw them saying there that, that Native River could end up in the King George even when he was well in himself the wrong race, completely like, yeah. he should be going for a Denman-esque performance in the Welsh National absolutely um, and built for that yeah completely built for it and it really would just be a ridiculous bit of placing to put him into the into the King George it would probably just be that they, they'll they'd in all purposes, be using him as a front runner for loss. You do realize you just put the Welsh national curse on Native River as well. <laughs> there is no horse that is, <laughs> free horse that, 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 is that is away from that. Yeah. Um, Alpha de ran a huge race in the Beecher Chase. He'll be very interesting in the Grand National. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he jumped those fences absolutely beautifully. Um, he's always been quality, but uh, Gordon Elliott seems to have him really sweeten himself. And a mention has to go to Richie McLernan, who unfortunately seems to keep finishing second. At, in these big races over the big fences at Aintree but he gave uh, Kimberlite Candy who um, I'd fancy for the race but he gave the horse an absolute perfect ride yeah. um, and the winner just didn't come back to him uh, turning to Ben which is one of the most frustrating run-ins ever when you're three or four lengths down you're just not making that up really you know, yeah, yeah. after those races but he gave that horse an absolutely perfect ride so those two horses are two to take out of that but Native River he, he didn't do much um, a brilliant brilliant horse but I'd be horrified if he went for a King George. Yeah, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. Paddy Native River, I mean, it's great to see a horse that's won a Gold Cup still be performing at this kind of level because generally they fall off a cliff after they've gone and uh, and, and won the Blue Ribbon. But um, Native River um, just just did what he had to do, really, in that field in the end, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, in the end, I was waiting on the decks to see whether, so we spoke, didn't we, about the blinkers to see if... if yeah. um, because Colin Tizard had never ever been as strong about it um, uh, after the Gold Cup or until after the Gold Cup should I say about blinkers because this horse has had cheek pieces on for nearly four years I mean I'd say two years uh, three years ago I'd say all they were doing was keeping his head warm there was no <laughs> use to him do you know what I mean yeah. he, he was he was screaming out for a blinker not that he's ungenuine but you know he, he, he's got a brain between his ears he's clever and he was starting to leave more and more of the work up to Dickie and, and only for he had such a tough hardy jockey on him um, you know he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have even ran as well as he did in the Gold Cup I mean he, he ended up getting beat less than 10 lengths but the other day really it was like I know nobody could have predicted it but it was like it was a wasted bullet really because he didn't need the blinker once my bike checked out as early as he did yeah um, but there's no doubt I thought it jumping down the back he was just so slick I mean his feet barely left the ground and he was on the other side of the fence he was he was poetry to watch I just thought it did put a little bit of a spring in his step but it, on the other side of the coin I was thinking well you know he, he is a clever old lad he's gonna he's gonna get used to these blinkers as well and in the end, he he would have he would have won without them. But like I say, nobody could have predicted what happened to Mike Pipe. But um, 
Look, it was great to see him back, um, and it's it's connections. They're they're looking like they're they're going to try and get him out pretty quickly because in the end it was just a race course gallop, wasn't it? Blinkers unlikely to work as well second time with a horse like that, perhaps. But wonder if they leave him off and then sling him back on for you know March festival time kind of stuff because you know for a horse that's won the Gold Cup, he finished what second in a Betfair, then then third in the King George, then fourth in the Gold Cup again, and now he's gone and won the Many Clouds Chase. I mean. He has he's some hardy soul to retain this kind of level of form. You see what's happened to Mike Bite since that Gold Cup run and other Gold Cup horses before that. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. I don't think going back to the King George and slamming him around that quick three miles is going to do him any favours. Uh, let's talk about Min Dermo. Um, well, all the money suggested that he was the one for the Dirk and he came out and won it and Hardline uh, in second. They actually came to last as if there was a race on, but some leap at the last from Min. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, again, hashtag Keith said in his uh, bookmakers.co.uk exclusive uh, article, he was um, he was speaking this week about the race and he said that he thought he had Min beaten, jumping the second last really, um, and he kind of went for it before the second last he did pass by Min coming towards towards the last fence but he said he got home and he was just absolutely kicking himself that he didn't hold that run until jumping the last fence and he might have caught Min out more than than he originally had but looking back at the race afterwards I completely agree with him I, I don't think anything was beating I don't think Hardline was going to beat Min regardless of when he actually produced that run um, the jump at the last was just Min had plenty left in him um, Hardline's jump was one of a very very tired horse and I thought Min's jump at the last. He, he stays this trip. Like I don't like they they keep coming back down to two, because I think because of the fact that all other two milers in the yard keep kind of falling away by the time that the Shannon Festival comes around. But they've so much open to Min now. I would have loved to have seen him in the King George. Um, I think he's a very good horse. He's he's just very unlucky, isn't he? Like I mean, had Altier and Hoppy around, we'd be talking about a supreme exactly article. Yeah, yeah, you know, we were talking yeah. about. And the champion chase winner. So he's just, he's been very, very unlucky. So it's, he's one of these horses and I'd love to see him in the Ryanair. With Hardline, I'd absolutely love to see this horse targeted at something like the Ainge Festival uh, or Punchstown where a few of the Cheltenham horses might turn up on it a bit kind of punch drunk mm-hmm. and he can turn up there and he, he might shock a few. But it was a really good race. Uh, we I'm completely forgetting to mention that uh, presenting Percy was very eye catching considering he was <laughs> he wasn't touched much the whole the whole way around and he ran on for third um very well under uh, a chance ride for JJ, JJ Slevin so yeah. it was a brilliant race Min I think has all the chances in the world in the Ryanair Hardline will win another big one and presenting Percy is very interesting yet again for a Gold Cup that's what I was going to ask Paddy because you know it's easy to talk about Min and he got the job done and perhaps he might have different options open to him this year but presenting Percy was back Paddy and we talked about him so much uh, last year on the race hour um, as Dermo said it was eye-catching they gotta be thinking um, that next time will be the time to put the put the gun to his head again and see how good he is yeah, it was a lovely run, wasn't it? Um, came home really well from even from the back of the second last. I'm sure connections were absolutely chuffed to bits. Um, what was the story about Russell on the day? I didn't because racing was delayed. They said it was. So he took uh, ill. I yeah, don't know how ill he, he took was. ill. I'm not sure what it is, but he's out until the weekend anyway, um, Paddy. So it just seemed to be something quite quite bad. I'd say he tried to hang on to uh, to get the ride on presenting Percy and keep it, but in the race beforehand, he just couldn't go out and ride. So I don't know what it was, but he uh, he wasn't riding anyway. Because I remember he rode, um, he rode Mount Ida on, in the listed mares race earlier in the day, and you could see, I mean, 
I don't know, obviously 10-11 must be light enough and we can see he had all the light gear on and then when, when I heard after he wasn't riding, I thought, well, he's, he's obviously dehydrated or something. But I'd say, <coughs> excuse me, I'd say it was a ride he certainly didn't want to miss, but unfortunately he wasn't uh, he wasn't able to. But anyway, no, very good performance. I, I thought Min was unbelievable really because I watched him all the way going to post. And I mean, he was absolutely pulling Paul Townend's arms out going down to the post. Mm-hmm. You know, he's made all. He jumped, he jumped far too big at most of the fences. I mean, he's just an absolute beast. I mean, the second last, he gave it two foot. Um, you know, he's just got so much ability and scope and everything. And I mean, yeah, Keith Donahue, he had absolutely no choice at the last. He had to give Hardline a squeeze because he was there. He was in with a good shout. But you could always see that the stride was just always oh, that bit too long. And, and fair play to Hardline, he's, he's put down and he, he found a leg out the far side. But it was a real momentum stopper, um, which, you know, in the end, it, Min was able to, to quicken away and get the job done. But I just think he is an incredible horse to think that he's even at eight-year-old and all the experience he got, he still does enough in races that he doesn't need to be doing, yet he still wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just incredible, it really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, perhaps, you know, maybe this will be his year with Altior skipping out the way of a few of his potential targets. But Dermo suggests an up and trip, and I don't see why uh, that wouldn't make sense either. Kilios Emery won the Hilly Way. Real disappointing Hilly Way with only three runners, but often ends up uh, that way. It's all about where it is in the calendar and what's it's going so on stupid. elsewhere. What is it doing on that weekend? I like, don't know. It it's is... been like that forever. Yeah. Um, it's always been the race that Mullins or, you know, actually probably just Mullins can just well, use as a sidestepper. He's 11 of them now, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just use it as a sidestepper so he doesn't have to put them on the boat, which is fine. But just move it so that maybe we get a few other runners <laughs> yeah. in the race. Um, that would make sense to me. I don't think we learned too much about Kilios Emery. just looks a nice horse and, and one like an odds-on shot um, would do. And uh, Top Notch won a second Peterborough chase. They also found a, a race for Slate House on that card at Huntington as well on Sunday just to get him over that. Uh, well, the, the issue he had it was in the bet, Victor, wasn't it, when he came down yeah, and well, yeah. well supported that day. So that was decent enough for him the Tizard camp getting their one out. Um, I don't think there was anything else much to talk about from the weekend, apart from this racing TV debate. Now, we touched on Davy Russell getting sick and causing a delay um, over in Ireland, but what happened then on racing TV with sound issues and uh, kind of no analysis, treating novice hurdles as bigger than grade ones, and uh, like it's just an absolute mess, isn't it, Tamar? Yeah, like Sunday, Sunday is one of them things that just happened. It's um, always going to happen then. Yeah, like... like- it happened no matter what channel it's on. That that can happen. David Russell got sick. Um, they were they were struggling to find a jockey. They they found JJ Slevin. Yeah, that should have been sorted way earlier anyway because they knew from the race before and that he wasn't there. So Sunday, like Punchestown tweeted out an apology as well. It, it just went wrong. Those two races shouldn't have been ten minutes away from each other anyway. You've got the two biggest races on a Sunday. They should be about an hour apart from each other. But uh, there's no cooperation, first of all, between the race courses in the UK and Ireland on anything. There was no reason why four race courses last Sunday, all on the same channel, couldn't operate a when you're done, we'll start structure. Put the four lads in a WhatsApp group together and say, right, lads, we're done. You start there now. Like, that's, that's all that had to be done. And no, like, again, it just cannot be done at all. And the last week has beleaguered me. In racing, I, I'm just looking at, at the sport, going like, "Where are we going?" Like you're, like you're sitting there. You've got the that that whole thing with that that horse ads or whatever, whatever his name was. Um, little Rory Mac. Yeah, yeah, a, a little Rory Mac. So you that whole floor 
around an owner trying to put people off backing his horse that won you then you then roll into Sandown where all the jockeys get banned you then we then have a race or, or all of Irish racing on a channel that's not fit for purpose racing TV at the moment it's like when you love a pub and it's really quiet it's an old man bar and then all of a sudden they buy it and it's now a Wetherspoons and there's 6 million people coming into the bar <laughs> I like that every Saturday night it's still effectively the same place with the same people there but the whole thing's ruined for you you've got no time to enjoy anything racing TV is just it's not working for Irish racing they could easily fix it by just paying to have a second channel just this a would, red button chaps can yeah, I just the, you know just put a red button there so or, I can watch whatever I want to watch or just racing TV too but then half the time those streams don't work either so like online you can't actually well they had that problem as well yeah at the weekend. like yeah, it um, happens happens an awful lot you, you cannot watch the racing online either and then we go into to yesterday a completely different matter where flat trainers aren't don't want to pay apprentices the money that 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 they're effectively owed and you're sitting there looking at the sport going are we in the 1950s like is that where we are in certain regards we are um like paddy pick up on the tv debate because it was always a massive decision for irish racing to go behind the paywall on racing uk as it was to become racing tv and to be fair to racing tv they spent plenty of money in getting the right people to front this coverage yeah. in in you know going for the the names and faces and voices that we like to hear and they seem to have actually if you get chance to watch all their coverage of irish racing which is difficult certainly in ireland more difficult than it is in the uk which seems bizarre because that's the racing they bought but if you get a chance to watch it, it's good. And what they have seemed to have done is shot themselves in the foot by not just allowing you the options that you need to make sure you can watch what you want to watch. It has to get sorted out, doesn't it? Yeah, I think your only option of, like the red button option is if you're watching online. Um, if you're if you're a racing TV subscriber um, and you're watching online on your PC, whatever your tablet, you can choose which screen you actually want to watch yeah. but um that that's only available to as i say people who um have have subscribed and they, they want to watch it on a pc so that option is there um yeah but i mean for people say that are on track um you know at, at another race meeting and they want to watch racing from somewhere else you know a trainer who's got a runner an owner who's got a runner and they're watching you know four screens at the one at the one time or even if you're at the track itself um and you're trying to watch the race from that track on, on the tv and like i say you've got four four races going on at the same time yeah it's obviously a real pain but like i said that option is there um but i think it all just sort of snowballed with, with one thing or another at the weekend and it was it was a real disastrous day for him there's no not there's no denying that but the top and bottom of it is lads we knew from the first of january that they were obviously taking over so many tracks that we were there was going to be bumps along the way um now i do think you're absolutely spot on Dino. the coverage for me on a day when everything's going right is fabulous mm. Um, so I think things do need to be tweaked, but at the end of the day, people, it's not cheap to subscribe to race in UK. So they've got to improve the options that are there for people. That's why I think it's, it's, it's a bit unacceptable now at this point, we're almost a year in and it's a bit unacceptable that uh, also I would, and this is not a hammer down on any producer who works there because I'm sure that's a very difficult job and I've done similar in the past. But if you have 
a grade one or a grade two going on, that should be priority. I don't get the split screen argument. Now there's runners and owners with um, horses in races that go off at a similar time. And unfortunately, they're just going to have to be put to the side for the big race of the day. And to me, it doesn't matter where that comes from, whether that's Ireland or the UK, if you've only got one channel and you're showing it all, and there are people with limited options about what screen they can see, which we know there are. Just put the big race on. Make sure there's a bit of analysis. Make sure there's a commentary because that's the flagship. That's the flag bearer of this sport. Don't bury it or say, well, you know, it's going to be on. Th- we're going to have three splits. We're going to have two splits and give commentary on your on your say so. It's the biggest race of the day should get the call. It's not a difficult thing to do. And I think that would eliminate some of the issue. But we're not a big enough sport to be behind a paywall anyway. Well, clearly, like, but that like, decision's been made like, now. Yeah, so like, that's going to take a while to roll back on. And I'm not sure it will get rolled back on now. Like, yeah, because um, like, as Keith Dunhu said in his piece, there, were, there was locals to him that wouldn't be that much into racing who chat away in the pub or whatever else to him about this race. Mm-hmm. That's all stopped now. But at the races was the uh, Sky Sports Racing, as yeah. it is now, was the lifeblood of the rural racing watching community where, you know, Jesus, having broadband is a, is a big thing. Yeah. And then getting Sky subscriptions and adding channels to it is another step up the ladder. And I just think, you know, Irish racing let the side down. It's not really racing TV's fault because no, they no, did a not. deal and got a package but and that's what they Stevens got. Day or Boxing Day. It's going to be carnage yeah yeah how are they gonna do it but it's always been kind even if you're in a betting shop on that day and you're trying to watch a bit of limerick and you're trying to watch a bit of kempton you're trying to watch a bit of leopardstown it's carnage everywhere it was very hard in two channels and how are they gonna do it in one no they can't they can't and that's that's what's upsetting um and it is upsetting for someone who loves the sport like we do on this podcast and like the people who listen to this i'm sure do um you just want it accessible even if you have to pay you still then want a good service because you just want accessible you're not going to lose interest in it over over this but you what you are going to be is a bit beleaguered with the way that it's dealt with um i do hope they get to sort it out and um, i'm assuming we've nothing else to talk about from the weekend um but if there is do shout otherwise we're going to take a break and uh when we come back we're going to look at the, the international meeting at cheltenham and a bit of doncaster thrown in for this weekend ahead you're listening to the race hour you're listening to the race hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's me, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel. Let's take a look at the weekend's racing to come. It is the international meeting at Cheltenham. Uh, kind of calm before the storm, as Paddy said to me off air just before, as because we're all waiting for the Christmas racing to come. And Christmas racing is a little bit off, but this meeting falls in a bit of a hole just before it. Now, I love Cheltenham being on any time of the year. So we have got some good races and some good horses to talk about, but I kind of feel like it's missing a few stars. But we can kick off with a bit of Friday action. Um, we've got a Mayor's Handicap chase 155 there at Cheltenham Derma. I've got a horse in here but Jesus a very disappointing one I might leave it in towards the end to see if anyone else fancies it first but evidence today is uh, likely to go off favourite here for Philip Hobbs in those JP McManus colours um, a few other horses in there to talk about but I'd imagine evidence today is going to go off pretty short if it does run yeah yeah uh- she was very good at Warwick last time. Um, the yard is going from strength to strength in these colours. You'd imagine Barry Garrett will probably be on again as well. So you can definitely day, yeah. see why an awful lot of people will get behind her. But I quite like definitely an Oscar in this. I thought um, oh, since... I'm, I'm saved. <laughs> since her wind operation, she's she's been busy enough now, but she's been kind of steadily running herself towards form. And last time that was a very decent second behind really super at, um, at Kempton. 
Um, she's ran well here at this course in the past. She's a type that will just pop up and kind of vanish off again. And if she's on a going day, which she could well be, she's already jocked up. She is a decent, decent mare. And uh, definitely an Oscar at the odds, I think, is is the better. That was my pick too. It's just it's just the, the absolute lack of getting it done when I think she's yeah. going to go and win yeah. is putting me off. But 11 or 2 is current price. It's probably if there were race was being run in 10 minutes, uh, that's who I'd be with. Paddy, what did you make of this? Yeah, there's definitely Oscar. There's no doubt about it has been disappointed. Very nicely bred mare this. Yeah. And she was 122 hurdler, but you could look at it and say, well, she still is only six. Like I say, she has got a nice page, but um, there's no doubt she certainly has been, as of now, um, been fairly expensive to follow, Dino. Um, so I, I'd be can probably more convinced by a few more of these others. I think, obviously, the mayor at the top, that was a real good effort when we seen her three weeks ago because, yeah. you know, Warwick is a fair test and, you know, she won very, very nicely with... 12 stone, I thought, jumped very, very well. And, you know, connections, although it was a mayor's race, you know, it was an novice's handicap. So pitched her in, you know, sort of pretty much at the deep end first time, e- even as regards the, the depth of the race and the fact that Warwick is a big jumping test and with 12 stones. So I thought she, she emerged in that race with great credit and she is only five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, she's going to be well fancied um, and around three to one at the moment. I'd imagine that'll only be shorter. Obviously, all of this uh, large enough field at the minute declared like 14 or so. I'd imagine this will be smaller, although there aren't that many opportunities for these horses to keep running. So evidence to Tay likely go off jolly. Um, definitely an Oscar would be my pick, but well, you, you have to still row in with a little bit of confidence that perhaps is unmerited at this point. Uh, what about the 2.30 there? It's the Bet Victor handicap chase. Um, opportunity for West Approach maybe to um, quickly turn around things after the the unseat in the, in the Hennessy, the Labrook behind Darasha counter. But back that day, Dermo, into favouritism for you know a yard who know the time of day with their chasers, uh, he'd go off favourite. Yeah, he's he's been muted as well for... Uh... A Welsh national bit hey. as well, so it's um, he's he's an interesting horse. I, I just he, he's just as much as that performance was quite good at Cheltenham. He's just not one to rely on at all, and he's interesting. Cogri is interesting. One for the road. Tom is another very interesting horse here all together, and doing fine would be a lovely winner for Philip Donovan and, and Neil Mulholland, who were well who were said. robbed last week. Well said. But Impulsive Star is the one that I'm very interested in here. Um, at sixteen to one, Sam Willie Cohen. Obviously gets on very, very well with this horse. Four miler last year just all went wrong, but it did for an awful lot of horses in that race because of that race. It's now called the three mile sixer. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, afterwards at air, he was just over the top. But off a mark here of 139, the Nemo Holland Yard is, is starting to show a bit of life. This horse has has ran very well here at the Cheltenham Festival in the past, went fourth behind, um, behind Raffinden. Um, so there's really is plenty to like here and I think 16 to 1 is very big considering that he's jocked up he is going he will stay um, and if he's on a going day he's he's as good as any it is yeah lovely racing weight be good to see impulsive star bounce back Paddy what did you make of the uh, the handicap chase there yeah obviously West Approach he checked out pretty early didn't he in the he did, yeah. in the in the Hennessy but I mean yeah he was so well backed uh, for, for a horse with, 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 the, with the character that he is but I think people were just sort of clinging on to the fact that he had actually gone about it at Cheltenham pretty well and he, and he didn't look like a dodgepot there at all. So maybe they thought that he, he'd finally straightened out his ways. But I don't know, 
but look, he does like Cheltenham. He is a very, very talented horse, but you know, this nine year old has really, really underachieved because you know, I think he's got so much ability, but um like I said, the the fact that he, he he's got a head in front two starts back might just help the job but maybe people were saying that when, when he when he won his first race mm-hmm. um, I don't know he's got his fair share of weight as well but at least we do know he does act on the track there's one or two others I mean Cogri he won it last year he actually had 10-12 in the race last year whereas this time he'll have 10-11 if, if the top weight is declared but I've looked back to his form he can bounce a little bit after a good, a good return run his second run can often be uh, pretty moderate to be honest with Cogri um, that 10 year old the other one there was Dandy, Ma- Dandy Dan of Kim Bailey's. Now, I think, although Kim Bailey had a winner at Kelso on Sunday, I think the form of the yard has slightly leveled off a little bit, uh, winner-wise. The horses are running reasonable, but he's not having winners at the rate of what he was about a month or five weeks ago. Um, so that, and this chap was beaten favourite last time as well, mm. Dandy Dan. Be interested to see who rides him. Because I'll be honest, I know I, I might seem harsh on, on Dave Bass, but he he uses he uses oh what's the other young guy called um, the young claimer um, he's been putting putting a, 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 a Ned Curtis he's been putting Ned Curtis on a few as well and I, I'm just not sure I think Kim Bailey could 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 use other jockeys and maybe see more results I'll put it that way uh, I, I hate jockey bashing because God I'd say I get bashed every day of the week but you know that's just my, that's just my own personal opinion um, mm-hmm. I think because but jockey wise I think they bass for me the rev counter is a bit too high whereas with with Ned I think he's a little bit inexperienced and, and just a little bit weak a bit light and weak um, I think if, if Kim was, was to maybe go down another avenue with his horses he could have more success but like I've said I think the form of the yard for me has just leveled out a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was only one other horse I wanted to mention in the race and one that I fancied uh, when he ran four weeks ago. So it was Rock the Casbah. Um, now, I think he ran in the Gimme a Copper race, didn't he? So I think he missed the engagement that I was looking for him to run well. And he's back at Cheltenham. I put him in the mix there, but he's short enough at seven to one. I'm not knocking the lights out with early prices. So impulsive star, Rock the Casbah, and perhaps Kim Bailey can maybe get one more on the board with a dandy Dan West approach likely to go off pretty short there, uh, especially if puppy power turns up and, and gives everyone that mythical claim that he currently has riding everything uh, with absolute ease and supreme confidence. Uh, there is a cross country handicap chasing there. Um, I'm assuming Yanworth won't go Dermo if he is priced up as he is currently four to one, seven to two. If he turns up, it won't be that price. No, if he turns up, he should be an awful lot shorter. That was a very good performance at, um, at Punchstown. But I, I suppose what might be worked into the price as well is that he, he is giving a lot of weight all around as well because this yep. is a, a handicap structure rather than not. So, it's not a race I'll be backing in, um, but the one that I thought was interesting at the current odds is um, a chic name who ran a huge race last time to be third um, over these fences, and he just seems to really love it. He gets in off a low weight here, so he could just be very interesting, but I really enjoy the cross-country as a spectacle, but never as a betting heat. Well, if Yamworth turns up and he's 4-1, I will be having a bet, but uh, if he turns up and he's the price it should be, which is probably around twos. Six to four, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, then I probably won't be getting involved. Um, the cross-country paddy. Did you ever get a spin over the cross-country course? No, I haven't, to be honest. Um, Would you fancy it sat- now? The old sat-nav wouldn't be great with me now. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the bottle. <laughs> um, but has he got any other engagements, Jan, or not? Or are you just thinking from a weight perspective he won't turn up? 
I think it's maybe just, it's just a big big ask, isn't it, with that weight and also travelling over to come and win the handicap. They've obviously got him in fine fettle. They might not need to. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice price, though, like 22 grand. And I mean, the thing is, I thought JP's he he's not point. short on cash now, Paddy. He won that punch now race, like literally, he, he was he was only tipping around in, in, in third gear, really. Um, but it, this is a tricky one to weigh up because we've got so many of these French horses in uh, and, and off low weights as well. Um, it's a little bit sort of hard to weigh up because these French horses are so good around here. Um, but you know, even the Irish uh, contingent is pretty good. Bally Broker Bridge, the old twelve-year-old, he really—he's a great operator around these fences. And both him and Never Rush Con, you know, they—they they, they were the, were the, they finished up the the, the backside of Yanworth the other day. So there was no disgrace there at all. But it's it's a tricky tricky race to weigh up, to be honest. And like I said, so many of the Frenchies down the bottom there with, with plenty of these course experience, and they haven't got an awful lot of weight. These Frenchies coming over and uh, and trying to steal our cross country prizes. We said we send them all back, but they are very good and uh, they're bound to take uh, a big big say in that race at the weekend. Yamworth, the only entry, you know, maybe seven to two is just staring at us and we should be getting involved. Um, I'm tempted now. I might do a little bit more research. I'll try and find um, Ender Boulder's number, which I don't have. (laughs) So that's not going to work. All right. There is uh, the City Post handicap hurdle kind of completes the card there on the Friday. Um, I absolutely had nothing in this, although it was good to see Champers and Ice back to some kind of form for David Pipe. And I'd imagine he'll have his supporters there as well. He's around seven to one. And Falco Blitz, I think you were quite keen on that before. Uh, Dermo for Nicky Henderson is also there up near the top of the betting yeah this horse bumped into uh, Jatalui uh, last time and uh, that's a very good horse uh, albeit Mr. David Maxwell uh, managed to get him up past us on that occasion Nicky Henderson wasn't sure that this horse would actually uh, last on the ground he said in his um, his sponsored blog and uh, the horse was ridden as such really uh, but he definitely handled it uh, the ground should be a lot better uh, on on Friday than it was last time and I think this horse um, I really think he takes it up to a world of stopping if he goes there um, I think he's a very very good horse uh, for this level and I don't see anything else in the race really that, that's kind of weighted as well as him and I think last time he bumped into a proper one I think if Jack Louis had a, a no disrespect to David Maxwell but if he had a better jockey in his back he'd be much higher rated than he is now and um, I think Falco Blitz it, takes the world of stopping okay. in that race. David Maxwell getting, uh, well, he, you know, he gets plenty of airtime on oh, the he race. Deserves no stick. He's a legend. He, but he, just, he's doing, he's, he's doing yeah. some, something seriously right. Okay, yeah. Falco Blick's quite confident shout uh, from Dermo to wrap up uh, Friday's card. Did you have anything to mention in that race, Paddy? Because um, Dermo's kind of, you know, going all out here. Uh, I suppose, goodbye dancer, he's making his debut for Frogger O'Brien. Um, and he's had a, he's had, um, a wind up as well. I don't think he's done an awful lot wrong this sort of dragon dancer, he's eight year old. Um, we'll probably know plenty about him, but just the fact that, you know, Fergal O'Brien has gotten hold of him now and he does run in the syndicate colours of North Healy. So you'd imagine he's been in that in that stable for a good bit. So the yeah. job will have been done right. Got a lovely race and weighed 10 stone five, but it's pretty competitive. I think ask Ben, he's very low mileage for Graham McPherson as well. Um, I thought he'd be a little bit bigger price. Mm. Um, Chambers are nice. I mean, he's won two races, making all the running with 12 stone both times. So, I mean, he's a hell of a horse. Uh, Chambers are nice. Um, but obviously, he's going to need another step forward again. But, you know, there's no doubt he's he's in the form of his life at the minute. Chambers are nice. But he has th- this run, like I say, 
with 12 stone the other day at Newbury might just go quick enough I mean that was only two weeks ago yeah they're going to the well again aren't they but with a horse that previously went so in and out of form so often maybe that makes a lot of sense uh, for the pipes a good mention there for Goodbye Dancer fair play uh, Noel Feely's um, racing club going to go places at some point and uh, they seem to be off and running and Fergal O'Brien's going to have that one uh, ready to rock and roll the other one I thought was interesting there was Archie Watchers horse uh, Judge party used to be with the Twiston Davis camp um, they're going back to three miles that didn't strike me as a three miler um, on previous efforts but uh, interesting to see Archie Watson um, applying a trade with a few hurdlers let's move on to Saturday of course it is all about Cheltenham again uh, the actual first race we're going to talk about is the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup it's kind of part of that series of all these big chases that go on through these early Cheltenham meetings and uh, Riders on the Storm is the obvious starting point because come over from Ireland was always well thought of actually we quite fancied him for the Cheltenham Festival yeah, last year now he didn't disappoint on debut for the Twist and Davis Yard and they've got him in the big race now yeah, that was that was a proper performance. Now, now the only thing is, is that it's a five pound swing with, um, it's a five pound swing with Capage in second for a one and a quarter length beating. You know, mm-hmm. so it's Capage. Yeah, so and Capage does have that awful. He does have a habit of dogging it. Really, at the end, he's just, he's a super horse. He travels very well, but he he just doesn't seem to run on afterwards. But the form is decent, but it's. It's nothing I'd be really, really excited about. Now, like, the two of them could finish first and second, but I'm just happy to shirk that form. I think a Secret Investor is a bet here. The way these handicaps are going, as I said lately, you're, you're not really looking for the particularly well. I have another hand, well, handicap one as well, I think, but you're not really looking for them anymore. You're looking for the, the better stamp of a horse who's done it, um, has been there, is maybe graded class and the weight they're carrying doesn't seem to stop a horse anymore like you know the uh, Bet Victor Gold Cup they were all big weights from first to fifth and I think um, Secret Investor he was very good last season you know he he's he three wins last season at Air Canton and uh, and Chepstow respectively he chased home the likes of OK Corral and Bags Groove and I'm delighted to see Harry Cobden jocked up on him again because that was a absolute horror show from Harry Cobden which is a, a very rare thing to say because he's um he's a superb jockey but they went so hard they just handed the race to real steel him and um him and Keaton who got, got got kind of stuck in a tussle up front and they kind of murdered each other really um and real steel came home to win by 13 14 lengths but that definitely should have knocked the old the old cobwebs off the fact that they fancied him in the first place to beat Real Steel would suggest how highly that they rate this horse he gets in here near enough to top weight about 11.7 and I think at 8-1 to one, he's an absolute cracking bet and another one then for man of the hour Henry Oliver and um, and James Davies the uh, jockey generous day at 20-1 to one was absolutely excellent last time he'll get in here of a very low weight and this James Davis I think is one of the most underrated, uh, underused jockeys in the whole in all of the UK he's absolutely superb so if he gets a spin there I think they they could go very very close but Secret Investor will be the one that I think will take a lot of stopping here okay Secret Investor there's a few cliff horses running in this race that plenty will be uh, knock the noose is not one of them Paddy I'm going to come back (laughs) to you on that one but Layla is is potentially going to run here Um, the Inval could run here Guitar Pete who always goes in these types of races uh, could run here the top end might not have it all their own way although Riders on the Storm Paddy you know could be even off 153 could still be well treated 
Yeah, it could still be competitive, Dean. I, I would agree because, you know, the market was very sweet on him the other day. Obviously, ex, ex-Ton Taff. But, yeah. you know, for a six-year-old, he hasn't been over-raced. And I thought um, that was a real good effort the other day. There, obviously, there is a bit of a turnaround in the way to me. Sapage, he gave, he gave Twiston's horse £9 that day. Um, you know, these two, they were 12 lengths clear to third. And that third horse, he's gone and won again since. Um, so the form is pretty decent, to be honest. Um, so for me, I would think probably we, we could have a bit of a, a bit of a rematch here, and and maybe a turnaround just just at the uh, yeah at the, at the weights. But I would echo what Dermo said. I thought Henry Oliver's horse got the job done at a big price. He was he was unfancied that came in, but I thought he jumped well, seeded out very very nicely, and obviously he, he's got a lovely race and weighed ten five. And the yard are in very good form. Um, a generous day that seven year old. Uh, and then the other one was a bit further up where I think it was the uh, good man Pat. I thought that was good comeback effort three weeks ago. The only six year old, ten stones, seven. But for me, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think we could have another rematch here with with these two higher up the weights riders on the storm and Sapage. Maybe Venetia's horse might just come out the better of the argument this time round. Yeah, potentially so. I mean, there's the likes of Benetton here, as I mentioned. Oh, it's a seriously good race. Like, Laylor's in here. It's that race where you probably don't have anything recent enough to go steaming in with one of your old favourites because, you know, it's, it's hard to find their absolute fault. If Benatar came back, he'd definitely be competitive, uh, even off that long break. Uh, the Inval is in there for Nicky Henderson, the 33, the one at the bottom of the... I always like to back that challenge. Yeah, he just doesn't win, does he? <laughs> uh, well, he also doesn't run very well of late. Um, he did beat... Dollars back at air over a kind of a minimum trip. But you know what? Nicky Henderson, 33 to 1. I'm not going to side with him, but geez, I'll probably back him and Benatar and hope I get, get something back. <laughs> it's very unlikely. Um, I did think Nicky might win the following race on the card, though, again, with the, the horse he flung back over hurdles there. He's now 10, which is Valtor going in the Albert Bartlett's um, novices hurdle. I know he's a 10-year-old going with novices, but um, I, I think there's a little bit more in the tank for Valtor, and I think he'll win the 230, Dermo. Uh, yeah, that, that's... That's quite reasonable. He is ten, though, and I think they're they're kind of yep. you'd be expecting a younger horse to be able to improve. And Champagne Well comes in here representing some very strong form there with Time Hill, who obviously keeps on franking the um, the unbelievable Champion One perform from last season. And Champagne Well ran very well that time over two miles five here at Cheltenham. He won before over that same trip, beating Braid Blue, who wasn't unfancied coming over from the Gordon Elliott Yard. Uh, I don't think we have the Albert Bartlett winner in this race, but I think uh, Champagne Well is more than tough enough. He'll improve for the step up in trip. And I think this is a, a decent enough trial for him. And I, I just, he's 7-2, but I just really struggled to see him beaten here. Dean. Representing that time hill form, as you said, and uh, obviously previous to that, Aintree running in behind Champ, a decent animal. Paddy, what did you make of the race? Uh, I've, I'm signing with the 10-year-old. Yeah, I, I can't have this Valtor. I mean, he, he's had a strange old, he's had a strange old career, hasn't he? He has, yeah. He's had stacks of race in France. He, they ran him in, in they ran him in t- one of the Tiger Roll Nationals, um, and then they brought him back. Albeit uh, not a bad effort at, at, at Ascot in a in a novice hurdle last time, but uh, I can't. Um, I can't. I mean, You're, the thing is, the yeah, hand, no, I agree with you, Paddy. The, yeah. the, the handicapper Dino has actually dropped him four pound for winning at Ascot. Winning well, you that know, that's just you know them being nice. You have to remember what the plan was with Valtor when they got him over from France. It was to run as a prep race in I think that's a Detsco 
um, Gold Cup, which he won at 33 to 1 on the bridle. And then it was like, well, we still have to run in the Grand National. Completely crucified his mark. He would have gone close in a Grand National in that kind of form. And in the end, he ended up getting beat 76 lengths by Tiger Roll. So Nicky Henderson doesn't always get it right. But the switch to novice hurdles, I know you both don't agree with me, but I I, I, I know he's 10, but I still think he'll probably win. I think that, you know, the fact that he's he's a shorter, he's... He's very similar, but he's a bit shorter than the likes of Mossy Fenn. I think this Mossy Fenn of Twiston Davis is could a right horse. Yeah. Um, re- really could. And I tell you, he'll really relish um, this sort of trip. Uh, I think he's a proper stayer. And I've been so impressed with Mossy Fenn. You know, he's only four-year-old. He's probably not even the finished article yet. Um, the Champagne, well, that's very good form. I think he's really improved for the fitting of the tongue tie as well, this this Sunday gold well. And Nicky Henderson's other one, Igor, he's only had four starts, Igor. Yeah, and for me now, certainly on the two runs this season, he's a horse who's really improving. Um, but this is, for me, a very, very warm race and one I'm looking forward to. But I'm, I'm with the, the, the younger legs of the lineup. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Mossy Finn. Okay, Mossy Fan Champagne. Well, and uh, and Valtor. Well, they left to chase Valtor home. But let's see how they go. Um, let's talk about then the the international because you know potentially this has the opportunity to throw in uh, a horse into a very almost depressing champ, uh, champion hurdle picture. Um, Pentland Hills uh, Triumph Hurdle winner backed it up then uh, Aintree we've got Nico de Boinville, Nicky Henderson. It's going to go off favourite, um, and it's going to take on well some handicappers potentially a couple in there can step out of um, handicap type company maybe elixir the nuts can step forward Shitabella, we know exactly what that horse is and a very very good horse but not a champion hurdle horse as we found out so pentland hills has to go and win this if it's in the picture Dermo. yeah i've got 100 and has to but i he, he will i think um like that I haven't made any secret that I think the front two from the Triumph Hurdle last year and the horse that he beat, obviously Fakir Duderi, has kind of has backed up a bit of that form. Mm-hmm. I think that the um, the the front two from the Triumph Hurdle are, are very smart. I've been saying this all season. Um, Pendant Hills beat Course Sublime that day. The two of them travelled into it so well. Course Sublime has come out this season. He looks a better horse again at five, but again we need to see him definitely stepping up and trip next time. But uh, Pendant Hills here. It, it it's kind of as simple as this, and even if he needs it, if he doesn't win this, he's not he's not a champion hurdle horse. Probably not. Yeah. 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 But I mean, is every entitlement to be a champion hurdle horse, Paddy? On what we did see last year. Yeah. You, well, you both know that I love Pendant Hills. I think you know his rate of improvement last year was just, you know it was unbelievable because let's not forget before he went hurdling, lads. The last time he ran on the flat, he was beaten off seventy three. So it just shows you how much he has improved for jumping a hurdle. Um, and even at Cheltenham, plenty went wrong. You know, he he, he 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 had a real scare at the first and things just didn't go right. But, you know, ability has seen him over the line. I just think he's incredibly talented. He's got a real, real liking for this job. And, you know, I, I think we're a long way off find, we're a long way off getting to the bottom of Pentland Hills for, from what I've seen. But this is a this is a lovely race because we've got some proper hardened handicappers here. Alexia the Nuts, he loves it at Cheltenham. Um and we know that the Tizard team hold this horse in really high regard. Yeah. Gumball, he's been fantastic this year. Yeah. Um Bo and, and and another good run last time at Cheltenham where he, he could have he could have, you know, he, he's just been outdone on the line. Chidabello, um, he's very, very proper hardened handicapper here. So this is no walkover at all, but um 
I mean, the, the is the Australian horse going to come? Do you know, boys? Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, it's 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 um it, it, it's a good shout, isn't it? But uh, obviously, we're we're completely in the dark um, as to what he, what he's achieved so far over there as regards um, depth wise. But be interesting to have a look at him and, and, and see how he how he copes with our ground over here and how he shapes up. But a lovely race. Yeah, cracker. And it would be great if Pentland Hills does go and do it because that champion hurdle uh, picture with Classical Dream still holding favouritism despite, you know, not getting it done the first time up. Um, just need a little bit of a shake-up. I don't think that would be a bad thing. Um, okay, there was... Go on, Paddy. Yeah. Then his 4,000 owners would be chuffed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? Actually, uh, there was something well, else. Well, they let them all in the paddock, I wonder. Nah, geez, no. <laughs> it'll, there'll be some <laughs> raffle going on now, I'd say. And uh, yeah, it'll be fixed, <laughs> no doubt, as the, the ones we get in. But do you know what? Nicky Henderson must just be praying that this horse is still okay when the summer months go round because off that mark of 73, oh God, yeah. <laughs> he'll only have to win a couple of tin pot races to get and him into the Cambridgeshire. So, yeah, it'll be yeah. in all sorts, all sorts of uh, fun, which is great. As Paddy said, for all those owners there, they could have some serious fun this summer. So do keep that horse sound and you'd imagine they'll be back to all the big parties as well, even after this jumping game is over for it this season. Um, okay, 3.40 then, final race on the card on that Saturday. Um, we're back into Mayor's Handicap Hurdle, Temp, uh, territory uh, Dame de Compagnie I think is how we say it Dame de Compagnie <laughs> is, is going to go our favourite here and probably even shorter than the 5-2 to two or 3-1 to one that it is right now Demo yeah there's a 7-2 the there with uh, William Hill I can see here and um, this horse wins she takes an awful lot of stopping um, I know this is the the, the second favourite now which isn't isn't like me in a row but um, she was really good last time Like she, she was lost over that pace over two miles in the Great Wood. She just couldn't make up the trip at all. Um, she really was struggling to live with them and she flew home over two miles. And uh, there she goes up here to two miles and four furlong, back in her own sex. Uh, if she runs, she wins. Yeah, and she she could be pretty well backed. I think there was a lot to take from that Great Wood run that told you exactly uh, what they've got to work with. And obviously off the same mark, Barry actually picked her that day rather than Countista, who I think, I thought would actually run better than her and finished in just behind her. So um, there's plenty to like about this Henderson horse. Another one I, w I might mention is Dance Idol, who I think Paul Nichols tried to set up to win that barber race in the uh, Wincanton on the 9th of November. So another was wind up second run after it might actually be better than that. So 10 to 1 would be my each way poke for the race would be Dance Idol. Paddy, what did you make of the fav and or did you find something to take her on? Yeah, no, I think that this trip obviously is going to be far more suitable uh, for the fav. There was absolutely nothing wrong with that run 27 days ago and yeah, yeah. just over the minimum could never really land a tell and blow but still came home very very nicely and has got some lovely form in the book this mare by Lucarno um, there was a few in here I like to be honest I think that the Dave Pipe um, mare further down um, where am I looking Queen's Cave um, yeah. I mean this mare she won a point to point when trained in Ireland by Aidan Fitzgerald at Drumahane by 10 lengths um, you know this is a good mare this um, I think she's only 6 year old I definitely think she is still improving that was a real real good reappearance uh, run and then followed up uh, I think she is very very talented I think will stay at 3 mile no problem the end obviously has, has won a point in the past but this is a very very warm race but I would be happy to 
side with the Henderson mare because that run the last day was just screaming um, that, that that this two and a half would be far more upper street. Yeah. I like Dermot ju- just back in against her old sex as well. I think this is the perfect race for her. Might be a time to take a bit of a price about that one at this point, though, would be my view if you were going to get involved. I'm going to go with downside each way, but have to respect the qualities of a dam at de compagnie. Uh, there is a race at Doncaster we might focus on just before we do wrap up and uh, and look for some weekend naps. The 210 at Doncaster there on Saturday is the grade two December novices chase. And uh, the four mile candidate, I think, for the season perhaps is Sam Spinner horse with an engine doesn't like fences that much but gets it done uh, a, a wonderful animal for Jed O'Keefe and Joe Colliver huh? three miles six or I apologise and yeah. a Welsh national in time um, <laughs> and, and Windsor Avenue could face off uh, I don't want to you know discount the likes of Stony Mountain and make a chase debut in Pirilor and Diablo de Ruhe but that looks a proper race Paddy Aspel that 210 at Doncaster for their grade two novices yeah it's a very very warm race isn't it um, I mean to be honest when I watched Sam Spinner the first day, I got the impression that obviously he's not very big. I thought he just physically finds jumping fences hard. Now, last year, his attitude was called into question big time. I questioned it as well. So I think connections have got to be given credit for actually getting this horse back. Yeah. Because um, ran a massive race at the festival as well. But he surprised me winning as nicely as he did under the penalty because I thought first time over fences I thought the race fell apart and he, he because turning out of the back he's, he's he, they were, he was getting lapped um, now how, how he managed to stay on it was simply because the race fell apart but to be fair with the penalty second time I thought he was much better um, form hasn't amounted to a great deal I'll have to say but this horse of Brian Ellison's I think is a proper proper bit of kit um, Brian Hughes has been on board all seven runs um, and he's I'm looking yes seven seven times six wins in a place he absolutely loves him and I've just seen a quote there from Ellison this morning that you know obviously he is stepping up a trip but Brian Hughes is absolutely positive that that, that this horse will stay um, but it's a very very good race but so far on both them novice chases I mean he's won by a combined distance of 33 lengths he can't have been any more impressive and I, th- I think he, he's the real deal uh, this horse and I, I'd be I'd be far happier to be on his side than than the likes of Sam Spinner because Doncaster are bigger fences again. I I, I just think physically he lacks the scope to be as progressive as some of these. Okay. Pretty confident shout that Windsor Avenue is going to go and delight Brian Ellison uh, throughout this season from Paddy Aspel. Demo, what do you make of this race? I mean, it probably could even not be just about that front two. No, I think... um... Imperial Aura uh, was obviously the only runner last time but he'd, he'd ran them all into the floor uh, looked very decent last time out but I agree with Paddy I think this Windsor Avenue is very interesting um, Brian Ellison whenever, whenever he talks about a horse being quite good they tend to be you know like the last time he spoke about a horse like this was definitely red that horse has gone on to have a wonderful career and is still going well um, so Windsor Avenue has just been effortlessly brilliant the last twice um, albeit in poor races so he's going to step up now into this company uh, I think he's better than Sam Spinner I think Sam Spinner's a good horse who's earned him plenty of money but Windsor Avenue has to be winning this now to be to be talked about as a potential festival horse but Brian Ellison there's nobody better bringing a horse along this remember the year Forrest Behan finished second to Altior and the, you know, the Arkle and he's just he's superb at handling horses like this and Windsor Avenue I'm just really intrigued now to see if Brian Ellison might have his first very very good one because I think this horse is a dark horse for 
for all those grade one races. Okay. Well, Windsor Avenue, very likely to take on Sam Spinner in that race. The couple of the others that we mentioned, Imperial Order and Diablo de Ruhe, could end up at Cheltenham on uh, Friday, I think, in the 12.45, which is the Ryman novices. That did have Angel's Breath uh, like to line up there, but I see he's not in the uh, order at the moment. So even Stony Mountain could defect, which might make that Doncaster field smaller and more of a matchup. Um, pretty confident shouts, though, for Windsor Avenue to be... Uh, a special one to take forward and hopefully get the job done there for Brian Ellison. Sam Spinner, as long as he gets around at Cheltenham in the four-miler, it's going to be some sight coming up the hill because he'll have plenty of engine left, uh, bottomless stamina, uh, even if perhaps previously of a questionable attitude. But that's all been put to bed. So I'm looking forward to that race as well. Actually, there's plenty of races there to look forward to this weekend, but we do need to find um, a few naps. So Derma, I might start with you. Give me anything else you have or... Um, nail your colours to one for the weekend please yeah of course um, so uh, Top Moon is very very interesting in the 110 at Navin on Sunday in the, the Grade B uh, Tara Handicap Hurdle uh, Joseph O'Brien McManus uh, very good last time at Cork got a horror trip and kind of won easy enough under JJ Slevin um, as Paddy Aspel has said in the past you'd, you'd just love to see MP Walsh next to his name um, at the weekend when he is declared because uh, this, this was a seriously good performance it's a really valuable handicap hurdle so this horse will be near enough fav but I think uh, should take the world of beating one that will go off a big price as well in, in the very first race on Sunday at Navin if the horse runs is um, Arik and Quest who ran a really good race um, to, to finish a 20 lengths or so third behind um Mount Leinster an easy work last time but in turn was about 20 lengths clear of fourth uh, that was a really big run for this Brian Hamilton horse uh, jumped quite well They're, this maiden hurdle doesn't have the biggest amount of depth as we get to this time of the year horses like him can start winning these races because all the good horses have, have already won so they're all stepped out of this company so he's very interesting but definitely a top moon in the 110 is the other horse that I'm focusing on and my nap of the weekend I've kind of been going over and over it here but uh, Dame de Campaign for me is uh, will take the absolute world of stopping in the last race on Saturday okay this one uh, well a couple a couple of good mentions there and that Dame de Campagne or however we're going to say <laughs> is, the, is the net for them as long as it wins don't care what it's called uh, exactly. Paddy well I think you've you've really knocked the wind out of my sail saying that Yanward isn't going to turn up uh, well, you, can, you can nap it but give us an alternative because if he does turn up he'd be close <laughs> to my nap too I'm really looking forward to him to go around the banks there I think if I didn't have Yanworth, I would I, I'm, I'm very keen on on, on Mossy Fenn I really do like him it is a, it'll, be, it'll be his toughest task to date but I think this step up to three mile he's only four year old and I, I think there's an awful lot of raw ability there with this boy Okay, you killed mine because I was going to go Valtor, but I was only really too upset, everybody. So I'm not going to do yeah, that. But, yeah, but Dermot, it's not, there's no such thing as a veteran's novice hurdle. <laughs> they need one at the Cheltenham Festival. When the Cheltenham Festival goes to eight days, they'll find one. <laughs> this is just a straight novice hurdle, so that's, that's just why I can't have him. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're right. So I won't nap him but I probably will back him just so you know. Um, so I won't do that. I, 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 look, I'll throw one into the Caspian caveat. It's not a week for me for naps, to be honest. I think there's plenty of racing I want to watch. Maybe not so much I want to get stuck into. Derma's been far more confident around certainly a couple of uh, favourites and it might just be that time. It is the calm before the storm, before all that Christmas racing is upon us. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to put Rock the Casper up as I was very confident that he'd go well previously at Cheltenham. He ran... Um, 
Subsequently to that, Philip Hobbs off 148. The nine-year-old can run a big race in the Caspian Caviar, and I'll go with Rock the Casbah. It's also my lucky number three. So thank you for listening to uh, the Race Hour podcast. Uh, Dermot Nolan, Paddy Aspel, Alex on production. Uh, we'll do it all again next week. Thanks very much, chaps. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews. 